This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. All the light we cannot see is coming to Netflix Canada on November the 2nd. The limited series is based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel. It follows the story of a blind French girl and her father who flee German-occupied Paris. They have a significant diamond they are trying to keep from getting into the hands of the Nazis. Joe Strecce is an associate producer and a blindness and accessibility consultant for the show and is here to tell you more about it. Hey, Joe, good morning. Thank you for making the time. Happy Halloween. Oh, happy Halloween to you, Dave, and uh, to all of Canada. Uh, say hello to all my friends and family there. All right on. There you go. Coast to coast to coast. So let's start, let's start by talking about the main star, Aria Mia Liberti. In real life, she is blind and has never acted before. What was that experience like for you working with somebody who was so new? I, it was it was very cool. Um, I've, I've worked with a number of actors with uh, all kinds of experience, including no experience, but never in a lead role. And uh, really uh, what Sean Levy could see and uh, knew that she would bring to the role uh, really was an excellent opportunity. And we saw her grow throughout the process. Uh, by the end, you know, we spent like, I guess, five and a half months or so working all together and uh, you saw the growth in her as an actor, as a professional, and uh, it's really the work she's meant to do. What are some of the key areas of focus that you're trying to bring into your role in accessibility consulting on set? Yeah, in the accessibility side, I'm really looking how, uh, whether it's Aria Mia Liberti or Nell Sutton, who's the younger version of uh, Marie Lore, uh, who's also legally blind, and she's a young girl from... Uh, from Wales in the UK, she she was seven when we cast her, and and, and now she's nine, which is crazy. But um, yeah, it's making sure that they can show up to their job and do their job, like versus having to worry about uh, advocating for accommodations to make sure things are accessible for them. So it's first mark, last mark. So where they start and where they end, uh, making sure they can access that, whether it's some kind of uh, factual. Uh, or if it's just walking the set a little extra. And uh, would folks like Aria truthfully make my job easier and easy because uh, she's such a brilliant person and a, and a quick study. Um, so it's that accessibility of uh, documents or their scripts. Uh, it's also making sure they understand uh, you know, where the camera is, uh, what kind of shot it is. And, and for both of them who haven't been on a film set prior, uh, kind of learning the language of uh, film and television and how it works and how we do things. Mm. And, Sean, and Sean was an amazing mentor to Aria in general, too. Yeah. So that's some of the technical side. What about some of the depiction side? How much collaboration is going on in, in regard to making sure the depiction on screen and in the end product becomes more authentic or as authentic as possible? So I had a amazing experience i have been working on that project since uh 
I guess it was right before COVID. So uh, uh, February of uh, 2020, they reached out and I started talking to them. And as the scripts are being developed out by uh, uh, the scripts were written by Stephen Knight, adapted from uh, Anthony Doerr's amazing novel. Um, and I've worked with Stephen Knight before on uh, uh, the creation of C uh, that was on Apple TV Plus. Mm. But getting to work with uh, uh, the Sean and it, having my input, but we also got the input of uh, different consumer groups as well as respectability and uh, the American Council of the Blind and National Federation of the uh, Blind. And um, so it's not just my feedback, but I'm there every day uh, and I, I live every day in those scripts and making sure that what we're doing is uh, putting blindness in the best light possible within the story, um, as well as the input of Aria, uh, who's this brilliant young woman. I'm not a, a woman and uh, a young girl's experience of blindness might be different than a young male's experience of blindness. But I'm also making sure the historical parts like the white cane uh, first started getting distributed by the Lions uh, Lions Club in uh, 1931. Uh, you know, that was uh, when the white cane started being adopted. Uh, prior to that, they were all kinds of different canes and such. And um, and kind of what what the cane is made of, how it looks, how it's being used, um, all kinds of different aspects, the tools that are used in the show, uh, whether it's uh, the type of brailler or whether it's uh, stuff that's the set decoration in the background. Yeah, there's some really interesting history there, right? When you're setting when you're setting the story, not necessarily in a contemporary time, or maybe the work you did on C, for example, where it's set in a post-apocalyptic world, there's actually quite a bit of authenticity that needs to be done from the history book beyond just lived experience. You're right. And uh, so, I, you know, I can't take credit for all that. Uh, there be a production designer who is amazing. Uh, we had all these top of the line uh, department heads and producers that all work together to make this uh, show possible. And, and it wouldn't have been what it is if we all didn't put our hearts and souls into it. We were all passionate about it. You know, uh, I, I, I think it, it means so much to us and the community. Yeah. Uh, All the Light We Cannot See made its debut at the Toronto International Film Festival in September and got a got a pretty solid response. So the ball is only just kind of getting rolling here. But but how are you feeling about some of the early response to the work that you and your colleagues put in here? Uh, we've done a number of screenings and uh, I, the response has been amazing. And uh, starting it off in uh, Toronto, Canada, Sean Levy's uh, originally from Canada. You know, I, I've spent like I spent like five years working in Canada, so many friends and family. And and the response was great. And uh, and it's only getting better. And I I just can't wait for everyone to get to see it on November 2nd on Netflix. Uh, it, it's four episodes uh, and uh, you're download watch uh binge all the episodes yeah there's there's two sort of sides to the casting question that i want to ask you about and one goes back to what you mentioned here a bunch of actors who authentically represent the community what does authentic casting mean for the relevance of content and great shows and movies what does authentic casting bring to the table that maybe uh what would have been the more conventional hollywood model had maybe left aside for a couple of decades there 
And what I'll say is that uh, we looked at all options and Sean Levy knew this was the right option for our show. Um, and, you know, going out and uh, casting a lead actor, uh, you know, from the community, but also finding someone who, who didn't have that experience working in television film who really embodies the role. And Aria is that role. Like uh, she brings so much to it. Uh, so the casting was worldwide. Uh, I watched thousands of uh, auditions from around the world, working with different casting teams on different continents, uh, just even on the process, like the what the electronic formats we were using, um, how we were, if there were any in-person uh, casting sessions, how we did that, how we navigated, how we talk about it, how we talk to people. And then, uh, you know, uh, down the line, when it, it, as we're moving forward, it's uh, it's making sure we have the right people uh, and, and when they show up to work, they can do their job. And, uh, you know, every actor uh, has different methods of working, whether uh, you have a disability or not, and they have expectations coming into the workplace. And when folks don't have those expectations yet, we have to help them figure them out because, mm. you know, we've, we've spent so much time on set. Yeah, it really strikes me that when you're doing that kind of authentic casting and then the work that you're doing with folks, it's building a new generation, right? It's getting more and more people mm -hmm. involved, which is fantastic. And then there's the flip side. This is also a positive side, which is building allyship, right? When you're working with someone like Jason Momoa on a show like C, who is number one, a dreamboat, and number two, one of the best actors in the world, you're really <laughs> building you're really building allyship in the industry too, because then he's going to go and work with Denis Villeneuve or he's going to go work with other fantastic directors and say, hey, you know, like this is how great productions are dealing with accessibility and this kind of blindness consulting and representation. So it's not just that you're building the beautiful garden for people with disabilities, you're building a beautiful garden for other people too. You're so right. And I, I always tell people the, the most important work that comes of these projects is these directors, producers, uh, different departments end up moving on uh, to other projects that don't specifically involve disability, but they often start thinking how they can include persons with disabilities. Uh, you know, our showrunners from season one of C, Dan Schatz and uh, John Steinberg uh, went on to uh, create a uh, well, create a show called The Old Man and uh, based off a book originally, but uh, uh, quite different. And then uh, also uh, they have Percy Jackson. And within The Old Man, one of the actors, John Lithgow's uh, wife in the show is uh, Jessica Harper, who was on C, who's, a, who's an actor who's uh, legally blind, low vision, uh, but also other uh, persons with disabilities end up getting opportunities and i you know francis lawrence all these people move on to other projects and they they realize that there's this talent in people persons with disabilities that we haven't been uh, tapping into and probably haven't been giving the the right opportunity and i know all the people i work with uh see that the talent and uh see the opportunity and and aria liberty is probably one of the best actors I've worked with in uh, my career. Uh, she's right up there with some of the top actors. What she brings to this role, uh, it's, it's, she's, a, she's a genius, really. Like, uh, it's awesome. That is high, high praise, and the show comes out in just a couple of days here on November the 2nd on Netflix in Canada. Joe, thank you for taking the time this morning. Thank you for all the work you're doing, and keep up all the excellent work out there in the industry.
awesome trick or treat. <laughs> Trick or treat indeed. That's Joe Strecce, associate producer for the show, All the Light We Cannot See. Again, that comes out on November the 2nd on Netflix. Coming up next, the fourth annual report on medical assistance in dying is out. Reporter Megan Gilmore will break down the findings. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.